Good morning again, and if you have your Bibles today, I hope you do, turn with me to the book of Romans. We're going to be looking through several different passages in the book of Romans today, so just turn there, hold that in, in readiness, and, and we'll, we'll get to, to that, uh, those passages in just a moment. But You know, in the job that I work, I, I travel about 35, 3,600 miles uh, every month in three different states. And a lot of driving, a lot of windshield time. Uh, you know, it's uh, over 40,000 miles in a year. And, uh, and as you travel, you have time to think about a lot of things. And, uh, and as you're going down the road, a lot of different things that you, you think about and, and you uh, come in contact with. And, and one of the things that, that I, uh, I notice as I'm driving are, are all of the road signs. You know, all the different signs that we see that give us direction in, in what we're supposed to do in a certain or specific situation while we're driving. There are stop signs, and there are yield signs, there are one-way signs, there are bridge ices before roadway signs, do not enter signs, uh, you know, do not pass, pass with care. Uh, right turn only, men at work, uh, detour ahead, construction ahead, road, road closed. The list goes on and on and on. And you've seen them. You've driven past those signs. And those signs give us direction. And most of the time, most of the time, what that sign is communicating, we're able to understand and know what it's telling us to do. And most of the time, we do that. Now, we know that there are times that, you know, people don't listen to the road signs or don't obey the road signs. Not us. We would never do that, right? But, but that does happen. And, and you think about that. I, I think about uh, a situation that I found myself in this past week. And uh, I was, uh, was at a location, and there was a shopping center. And I was going to the shopping center for, uh, to, to get a specific item. And, uh, and as I was going into the shopping center, a place I'd never been before, and it was raining, a little bit hard to see, and, and I'm driving into the shopping center and uh, trying to kind of find my way in the rain and everything to, to a, a parking place that was relatively close, you know, because of the rain. And, and as I was looking, all of a sudden, the lanes of traffic are coming at me. And we're in a parking lot, so it's not like we're traveling fast or anything of that nature, but I'm like... What is wrong with these people? Well, there's two lanes of traffic here. And, you know, in most shopping centers, the two lanes of traffic, just like on a highway. And both, both lanes are full of cars or, or have cars in them coming my direction. And the next thing I know, people begin to blow their horns. And I thought, well, I'll blow my... No, I didn't. But, you know, but they begin to blow their horns. And then they begin to communicate with me with one-handed sign language. And I thought, what in the world is going on? And as I looked, suddenly in the rain, I saw that in this particular parking lot, all the traffic flows in a circle around the outside of the parking lot. So there were actually arrows on the ground in the rain that I didn't see for this direction. So they were all coming at me. So I, as soon as I entered the parking lot, was supposed to turn right and then go around the parking lot this way and, and then come down the aisles. And I didn't see that. I didn't recognize that. And, and so it was my fault. 
absolutely it was my fault. But the idea that these people were honking their horns and gesturing to me and, and all of these types of things, and, and I, I felt kind of dumb. That is my mistake, right? But also was a little bit like, why? Why wouldn't they make the signs clearer that when I entered that parking lot, I should have turned. There was nothing that said right turn or turn only or anything of this nature. Nothing that said just arrows on the ground. And that was it. And as I thought about that later, I was thinking about that experience and what happened. I thought about our spiritual life. While we're traveling through our spiritual life, making our spiritual journey, wouldn't it be nice if there were signs that told us where to go, what to do, what direction to take, how, how we were supposed to approach a certain circumstance or situation. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a sign that said, detour ahead, temptation awaits you. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I'm going through my spiritual life, going on my journey, all of a sudden I see the sign, detour, you know, temptation ahead, go a different direction, don't go this way. Because there are temptations there that, that are going to be too much for you. Or stop, a big stop sign that said your actions are, are harming or hurting your testimony. Stop what you're doing because what you're doing is not good for you spiritually or good for your example to other people in life. Big old stop sign that kept us from doing those things. What about a do not enter sign, right? So, so we pull up to something that says don't enter. Well... Typically, most of the time, we do not enter, right? Well, I have a big old do not enter sign because there's sin awaits or wrong way. We're going in the wrong direction in life. We need to turn around and go the other way. I mean, that would make our spiritual journey a lot easier, wouldn't it? If there were these specific signs that communicated to us and said, this is what you need to do. This is the direction you need to take. Well, the fact of the matter is, we really do have those signs. And those signs are scattered all through God's Word that give us direction in our life of ways that we should go, things that we should do, and things that we should not do. And so this morning, I want to look into the book of Romans, and I want us to see there together a few of those signs that might help us as we go on our spiritual journey. The very first one, opens up right in the very first chapter of the book of Romans in verse 20. Now I want you to turn there and read with me and listen to what it says. For since the creation of the world, now listen to what he says, since the very beginning of all things, he says, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through what has been made through creation, so that they are without excuse. Now let's stop right there for just a moment. There is a stop sign. And the stop sign says this. There are some believers, or they say they're believers, and and they're acting like they can live any way they want to live, and there's nothing to keep them from doing that. And he says, wait a minute, stop for just a second. Did you hear what was communicated? Since the beginning of creation, the, the invisible attributes, the character, 
the person of God has been created, has been demonstrated and communicated in what? In creation. In nature itself. In the very nature that He created, it tells us all that we need to know about who He is, what He stands for, everything about Him. He said, he said it's, it's revealed to us. So that what? We are without excuse. There isn't any reason for anyone not to believe God is who He says He is and will do what He says He will do. Creation reveals Him to us. And so it doesn't matter if I have God's Word to read. It doesn't matter if someone tells me the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I should still be able to see and to know who God is through the creation that He has made. That's what that verse says. Stop for just a moment. Stop making excuses. Stop blaming other people. Stop pointing fingers. And look and understand that God's creation itself has revealed to us who He is and what that means to us. And so it's important that you and I understand that they are and we are without excuse. There is no reason not to believe that God is God. And that He is the creator of the universe. And that He loves us and desires to save us. In chapter 3 and verse 23, we don't have to turn there, but it says this, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all are in the same way in life, in the same position in life. And God says, even though that's true, there is no excuse for you not believing me and accepting me. Because creation itself has revealed that to every person. So there are a lot of things in God's Word that He communicates to us that we need to stop. Now, we're not going to read every single verse, but listen to a few of those. In John chapter 6, He says this, stop complaining. Don't be complainers. Don't complain about everything that you encounter in life. John chapter 6 tells us that. Stop, in those exact words, stop complaining. He says that. In Proverbs chapter 23, he says this, stop dwelling on wealth. Stop putting your focus and everything in your life on gaining wealth. He said it will wear you out, it will discourage you and disappoint you. So stop dwelling, stop focusing on gaining wealth in life. Luke chapter 22 says, stop, no more of this. Those are the words of Jesus. You know what's happening in that moment? His disciples are reaching out against those who, who are coming to arrest him, and they're using violence. And we know that they drew a sword and cut off the ear of a servant. And he said, stop, no more of this, no more what? No more violence. N no more attacking one another. He said, enough is enough. First Corinthians chapter 15 puts it real simple. It says this, stop sinning. Stop. There's a stop sign in God's Word that says, stop sinning. Don't do it anymore. So He gives us these signs to help us know how to live the Christian life, where we're to go in the Christian journey. In John chapter 2, He says, stop making my Father's house a house of thieves or of business. And we know that's the instance in which Jesus overturned the tables of the money changers and, and they were using the house of the Lord in order to benefit and to line their own pockets and take advantage of people who were coming to worship. And he said, stop doing that. 
And so over and over, and that's only a few, but over and over in God's Word, He gives us these big stop signs that says, Stop! Stop sinning. Stop complaining. Stop being a bad example to other people. Stop with the violence against one another. Stop with these things in life and do what I've called you to do. And that takes us to the second sign that we have, and that is a one-way sign. There's a one-way sign. Look at Romans. Drift over, if you would, just a few pages to to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 and the very first verse. Listen to what he says. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He said there is only one way that you and I can have peace in our life. There's only one way that we can be justified in life, and that is through Jesus Christ. He is the only avenue. He's the only way. He's the only one who can change our life, who can justify us. And that word justified, we talk about that from time to time. It means just as if I'd justified, just as if I'd never sinned, just as if it had never happened. That's what justification is. And we can only have that, and we can only have peace through Jesus Christ. He said it's only one way. That's not in Romans, but if you go over to Acts chapter 4, there's a familiar passage of Scripture, and it says, There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven by, given by when, uh, among men by which we must be saved. Only one way. There is no other name. There's no other avenue. There's no other possibility for salvation except through Jesus Christ. And He is the one who brings peace And He is the one who justifies, and He is the one who saves and forgives and redeems and purchases us back with His blood. One way. It's a one-way sign. So we hear people say things like, well, listen, you believe what you want to believe, and I'll believe what I want to believe, and we're all trying to get to the same place, and that's okay. Nope. Nope. God's Word says, nope. Not right. There's only one way. And that way is through Jesus Christ. And if we're not coming to the Father through Jesus Christ, He says, we're not getting to the Father. If we're not coming to the Father through the blood of the cross and through the forgiveness of Jesus Christ and His justification, we're not getting to the Father. Jesus is the only way. One way, the only way that's acceptable in the eyes of the Father to receive us back into His family. So there's a one-way sign, and it says this is the only way. And we need to follow that sign. We need to to follow direction that it gives us in life. Third sign this morning is a yield sign. We need to yield. And yield can be taken a few different ways, a couple of different ways as we read it. But Romans chapter 6, if we're in 5 there, just turn over with me a few pages to Romans chapter 6. We want to pick up in verse 11. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. There it is again. There's only one way. He said, if you're dead to sin, you're alive to God. He said, it's in Christ Jesus. That's the only one way that that can happen, right? Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. So he says, wait a minute. There's a yield sign. And yield means that we, we submit, we, we hold back, right, and, and allow something else to happen. And notice what he says. Therefore, do not let you, sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead 
and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. He says that we are to yield to the will of God. That we are to yield not to the lust of the flesh and desires of, of the physical body, but we are to yield to the will and the word of God, to the direction that He has for our life, that we are to give way to and allow Him to lead and direct our life. And we are going to yield, according to that passage, to one or the other. Either we're going to yield to the fleshly lust of this life and sin, or we're going to yield to the righteousness and obedience to God and follow Him. But we're going to yield to one or the other. Now he drops down in verse 23, we read, and, and it says this. What? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. He said, so you choose which one you want to yield to. Do you want to yield the one that's going to lead to life? Or do you want to yield the one that's going to lead to death? Do you want to surrender your heart to the one that, that has hope and a future for you? Or do you want to yield to the one and surrender your heart to the one that brings devastation and death to you? It's a choice. It's a road sign. And he says you need to yield. Which one are you going to yield to? And so we have to make that choice. Another sign that he has is a right turn only. Romans chapter 8. If you want to drop down just a, another chapter or two, Romans chapter 8. And this is a beautiful passage of Scripture. Many people memorize this. Many people use this for encouragement in their life. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, and those are called according to His purpose. Did you hear what he said? All things work together for the, for the good of those who what? Who love God. Right turn. That's a right thing. He said that's a right thing to do. That's the right blessing in life. I want to go the right way, and the right way is His way. And the right way is to turn and to follow Him and His direction. And He says, if you do, then He will work everything out for good to those who love Him and are called according to Him. He didn't say everything's going to be good. He didn't ever say everything's going to be great. He said He works everything too good for those who love Him. So sometimes in life things are not great. Sometimes in life things are challenging and difficult. But he says, I'll work it all together in a master plan to head you in the right direction. Right turn only. Follow his direction for life. And then finally today, there's the work zone. We're in a work zone. Romans chapter 12. Drop down there with me if you would. And we want to read these verses together. Uh, as we bring this message to a close. Beginning in, in verse 3. For through the grace given to me, I say to every man among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. In other words, don't get so full of yourself that you think you're all that and, and something more. But to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. And since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let each exercise them, work zone. There's work going on here. Let each of them exercise them accordingly, if prophecy according to the portion of his faith, if service in his serving. Or he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, and he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy 
with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. He says there's a work zone going on here. And in the work zone, he said we all have a role. We all have a responsibility. We all have a purpose. Do you understand that? There isn't anyone who has ever been born into this world who did not have a purpose. A God-given purpose. Understand that. God had a need and He created whoever that is for that need, to meet that need, for that purpose. Everyone, you have a purpose in this life. And one of the most discouraging things in all is to go through life and not know what our purpose is. Just to amble through life and this direction and that direction and have no sense of purpose. God has given every single one of us a purpose. And in that purpose, He says that I want to work in your life to help you fulfill that purpose. And, and there's a work zone. And God is at work in what we are doing. And notice what He says. He said there's all kinds of different abilities and gifts that have been given. And He said, then use those, work those out, for the betterment of God's kingdom. And he said, if it's teaching, teach. If it's giving, give liberally. And he lists all these things. And he says, these are the gifts that you have, the abilities you have. He said, use those to the glory of the kingdom of God. Work and use those things to the best of your ability. You see, we have to understand there are signs all along the journey, all along the path of our spiritual journey. And, and the question is, Simply this. It's like everything else. Are we going to follow the signs that He gives us? Or are we going to choose to ignore them? Now, I didn't ignore the signs intentionally this past week. I didn't see the sign. And because I didn't see the sign, I went in the wrong direction. And people let me know about it. God says, I'm giving you signs. If you will go to my word and you will read my word and you will pray the signs will be clear for you to see. And then the question remains, will you obey them? Will you follow them? Will you go in the direction that they lead you to go? We have to make that determination ourselves. I can't make it for you. No one else can make it for you. We have to choose ourselves if we are going to follow the signs that God has given us. And so this morning, we're going to offer an invitation to Him.